Hello and welcome to 8th grade U.S. History Pre-AP at Atascacita Middle School with Greg Smithy. I wanted to take a moment this Sunday afternoon to reach out to any parent who may or may not be able to make it to open house on Thursday evening at Atascacita Middle School. I wanted to do a quick introduction of myself and in some ways what would take place within the classroom during that open house. And so quite often within the classroom during open house, uh, I give students and parents a copy of my syllabus. Many already have it, but it becomes a good basis by which to talk about the nature of eighth grade U.S. history pre-AP uh, at the school. So with that syllabus, one of the things that you will see is you'll see the different ways in which to reach me. The two ways to do it are by telephone, and my phone number is 281 641-4695. The better way to reach me, and I say the better way because it's difficult for me at times to answer phone calls and to place and take phone calls while dealing with students and being up instructing and assisting students, the better way to reach me is by email address. My email is greg, G-R-E-G, period, S-M-I-T-H-E-Y, at humbleisd.net. Again, I'll try to get back to you as quickly as I can. And so uh, my, my goal, my hope, is that we can address whatever concern it is that you might have. My conference period, should you ever need to meet with me, is fourth period. And so there are different schedules that we are on day to day. Uh, we have a normal schedule. We have a Thursday late arrival schedule. We periodically might be on a reverse schedule or we might be in a testing schedule. Uh, should that ever come up and be an issue, uh, I will certainly email you out with what the latest schedule is so that we can meet during that fourth period conference period. Uh, my room number is 401. And so should you need to reach me, I am the first room uh, on the left, on my hallway, in the 400 hallway. So U.S. History Pre-AP. Let me talk a little bit about the nature of the subject matter uh, and in the nature of my background with that. I have taught U.S. history for now 14 years. This is year 14 for me. I taught four years at Clear Lake High School down by NASA. Uh, that was an awesome course to teach. You got to teach the modern version of U.S. history, the, the modern portion. That took us all the way from 1877 uh, to the present. And that was a wonderful course to teach and it was a great experience. At the middle school level, we go from essentially Columbus all the way to 1877, the end of the Civil War and Reconstruction period in American history. And so we really have a great subject matter. There are a lot of great stories to share with it. There is so much material visually and uh, digitally that it's out there to assist us in really telling the story and bringing the students into it. Uh, additionally, as someone who's an enthusiast of history, who really likes stories, uh, and, and we all know that certain stories are better than others, as someone who really enjoys all this history, I have gone on many trips related to that. And so I've been all around the East Coast, and I've gotten to go to different seminars and, and different things around the country and meet with professors and see different historical sites and take 
pictures and, and do different things that have been really a wonderful experience. I try to bring as many of those things into the classroom as I can, and if you are ever wanting to see some of those things, I do have a website that's out there. Uh, it is www.gsmithey.com. Uh, in addition to that website, the students have a new LMS this year, LMS being Educational Speak for Learning Management System. And our new Learning Management System, which is in some ways taking the place of Google Classroom, is Schoology. And so I expect that we will all go through something of a learning curve with Schoology this year. And so uh, as, as the students are working, uh, trying to access materials, they will be doing that from Schoology. Uh, I have my website, I have Schoology, and so there's different ways of sort of reaching the, the digital resources that I've created and kind of put out there for students to have. The nature of the class is challenging. And let me go into a brief explanation as to why that is. Uh, U.S. history. Um, U.S. history is capable of becoming a very highly politicized subject uh, in my classroom or in other classrooms. And certainly it's highly politicized at the state level when they decide what state standards are. As a result of a lot of that, we have more state standards than any other subject matter that I can think of. We have well over 100. And so what we'll often see is that U.S. history is racing to cover a lot of material. Additionally, due to the way that STAR test has been structured, the questions on that material are asked at a very high level with a lot of depth. And so we're really pushing students uh, on the following three skills. And, the, and these, this is sort of the big emphasis in my class this year. Those skills are reading, we read at a deep level, we read consistently, and we ask students to read things outside their comfort zone. The second skill is writing. As a pre-AP course, we are preparing students for the AP test at the high school level. And so as a result, we have to do a lot of writing because there is a significant writing component on that AP course at the high school level. Additionally, there is analysis. It's not enough to just read. Students really need to be able to analyze. And we spend a little bit of time at the start of the year kind of breaking down the different eras of human history and looking at how the nature of education has changed with the different eras of human history. We now live in an age, information-wise, where students have more information than any generation previous in human history and are expected to be able to process it and analyze it quickly and, and get to what's important. And so we place a big emphasis on all three of those things. In order to tackle those skills that we're trying to master in my classroom, there is a divide between, in some ways a divide, between the two forms of instruction that I think of. One is sort of an old school instruction. Uh, the pen, the paper, uh, us in, in groups, activities, all those things have a place. There's, there's still, there are still things that are very effective about many of those strategies. Uh, nevertheless, we also live in a digital age in which students are expected to become not only responsible for 
consuming digital content, but also producing it themselves. And so part of what we also try to do is, is have a significant digital component of the classroom. This can really enhance a lot of different aspects of the learning process. So in my classroom, students have a full Chromebook card. Now I say that we have 30 Chromebooks and in some of my pre-AP classes, we have more than 30 students. So we'll be seeking to address that as an issue as, as the year comes up, but we have other devices the students are welcome to use if they don't have a Chromebook per se. In the classroom digitally, uh, the students will need headphones. That's a, that's a prerequisite. And so I always encourage students to bring the cheapest earbuds possible. Don't bring something that if you lost it, it's going to set you back a lot of money or it's going to get you in trouble. And so students are welcome to bring the Beats Studios, the AirPods, the expensive headphones if they want to, but I encourage them to bring cheaper, cheaper AirPods, or pardon me, earbuds uh, to the classroom. And so they'll be needing those. There's different ways that we will interact with video uh, and audio during the course of the year, and the students will be doing that consistently. Additionally, if a student wishes to bring a computer mouse, if they're not a fan of the trackpads on Chromebooks, and in order to create things, they find it easier to use a USB or Bluetooth mouse, by all means, they are welcome to bring it. They simply need to keep up with it. And so that's some of the digital expectations for my classroom and some of the things that we do day in and day out. And so some of those things uh, will require a bit of a learning curve, uh, but it will become second nature to the students uh, with time. Some of my classroom rules and expectations I wanna go over briefly. I have a syllabus, uh, a set of rules and expectations for the class that we go through. Uh, and in that syllabus, I usually discuss some of the routine uh, expectations. Uh, again, a lot of basic stuff, but what you'll see if you look on there, are there some areas where I, where I really focus in on, emphasize, because as a teacher over the course of years, I have seen those things pop up again and again. Uh, I place a big emphasis on positivity, avoiding negativity. Uh, I say this to students because a lot of my students are under challenges in their lives, um, and they are going to be around other students who are going through challenges themselves. And so I always try to encourage students to avoid negativity, uh, and it's a challenge for, for, for adults, uh, for, for 13, 14-year-olds in my classroom. And so we want to get them started on being as positive and, and productive as we can have them be and not, and not fall into traps of negativity uh, that, that could be avoided. Uh, I go into, in that syllabus as well, uh, several things related to uh, following district and campus rules that I, as their teacher, follow them. I'm not looking to negotiate, and I'm not the teacher that they can uh, go to and, and, and get something that they can't get in other classes. I have high expectations for them. Uh, I tell them in it that I'm not their friend, I'm their teacher. I care about them, but I'm not their friend. I'm not here to do them favors. And so as those rules go down, I have a final rule uh, that I've had one or two concerns about over the years. 
and it essentially relates to how I sit students in the classroom. As a classroom teacher, as many of you will know who are fellow educators, we are aware of a lot of things that are going on with our students. Uh, some of those things involve learning disabilities, uh, some of those things involve uh, health concerns or, or, or different things of that nature, and we have to take all those things into consideration when we place students in various spots within the classroom. So quite often what we have is you'll have students who want to sit uh, near their friends or near the door or at the back or and I have to move students for for reasons that are unrelated to them or I'll have to move a student because it's in their best interest to be somewhere further away from a distraction. And so I don't have to explain those things to students. And so I always go over go over this with them. And periodically, uh, students will get frustrated with that, and they'll refuse to sit in the seat that's assigned to them. Should that ever arise, it becomes something we call insubordination, and it results in an office referral, where the office decides whatever discipline's necessary. But again, I'm not seeking confrontation with students, and the reason for going over that rule is because uh, we want to have as efficient a process of making sure that students are in the best position to learn. Should a student have an issue with another student, should a student have an issue with their seat, I always encourage them to come and speak to me in private about the matter. And I, I inform them that I will take the time to listen to them. Additionally, if any concerns arise uh, as we go through this year, uh, as always, please reach out to me again at that email address, greg, G-R-E-G, dot smithy, S-M-I-T-H-E-Y, at humbleisd.net. Thank you for your time.